0: let Here it. Is. Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. Call me Chaus, Welcoming you back to another episode. Week 11 is underway. I am joined by the founder of Sojash Fix tonight, my man EJ. What's going on, buddy? How we doing?
1: We're doing good. We're doing good. Friday vibes. Doing nice. Friday. Friday. Can't wait for Sunday.
0: I know, right? Friday Night Lights, man. We should change the name of the show. Friday Night oh, Lights. Yeah.
1: Friday Night Lights. Can't go wrong with that.
0: But yeah, man. Football is uh, coming to an end, fantasy football-wise. The playoffs are coming. It's coming fast. I can't believe it's Pretty already stretched. week thir- or week 11. Did I say week wow. 13?
1: You did. Week 11. Week 11 here. We yeah. got a few more.
0: I had too many beers today. That's why I'm saying 13. (laughs) So week 11, but we were jacked up. Let's just dive right in because there's a lot to cover. We were jacked up. We spoke about the Thursday night showing between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Kind of let me me down a little bit. I was expecting a little bit more. I mean, the first one was so hyped that it came down to an overtime field goal. So maybe my expectations were risen. Mm -hmm. But I I mean, it was still a good game. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I I wanted to touch on Russell Wilson because I mentioned to you that, uh, I heard one of the analysts speak about it and he was saying that, you know, it was, it was Russ, a different Russ than we had seen in the past three games, a Russ that has been turning the ball over. And he, he fixed that obviously. Cause it was a career high yeah,
1: played, played a nice clean game.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was a first time career high, uh, three games in a row throwing two or more or th- having two or more turnovers per contest. So, I mean, that was a big one for him. But I saw – I was speaking about – I thought Chris Carson was going to be playing in this game. They end up getting Carlos Hyde. And I believe that that was the biggest difference maker for the Seattle offense. I know you kind of disagreed. But, I mean, I, this offense is, is extremely different when you see a sound running game uh, uh, for Russell Wilson. I don't think Russell Wilson needs the running game to be effective, but I think it makes him that much better. The play-action passes there, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how are you seeing that? Uh,
1: I, I, no, I, I, don't, uh, I don't totally disagree with that. I think that the, uh, the run game was a big, big help. Um, I felt like the run game wasn't inefficient, I'd say, in, in, in the previous week. It just wasn't as efficient as it was this week. This week, it, it felt like Carlos Hyde was getting chunks. You know, he, he didn't get like the 30 or 40-yard run, but every run felt like a five, six, seven uh, yard run. So they were, they were big chunk runs that would give you that second and short so that changes the, the flow of the game, which I think, to speak to what you're saying, does help Russ, right? And in that, with that, he, he also used his, his legs to escape. I didn't feel like a lot of his runs were design calls. They were mostly kind of the play breaks down, he's coming out the pocket, escapes. He was very effective doing that. And then what we touched on at the beginning, just not turning the ball over. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's massive for him. In that game against the Rams, he got a little greedy on a first down end zone throw that turned into a pick. Where if you don't do that, that that whole transition of the game could be flipped, right? That was a big turnover by him. I felt, um, yeah, that's a great point. That game upside down.
0: He, he had a lane to go. Uh, I believe he to the lane. right. It, he, exactly. he would have got that first down easily if he didn't chuck that ball up. That's
1: exactly great... right. And this game, it felt like when he had those chances, he he decided to run. You didn't see him every time he had a chance to maybe run and throw. He would pump and just get the yards. If it was five, it was seven, whatever. He was always picking it up. Felt like he was very conscious that uh, he could not have a big mistake this game. And he played uh, played sound football. And, then, like, we were, we touched on previously to the show, Dunlap. The, mm. the acquisition of Dunlap showed up. Mm-hmm. It showed up big time. He called game on that last drive. I don't know if you saw the clip there. He called game and then uh, – then made a game. Oh, so, I,
0: I didn't see that. That's the, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. You got to see a clip there. It's, it's floating around on Twitter. He called game right before that last snap. Oh snap. I didn't and even got see the that. sack. Yeah. Wow. <laughs>
0: and I mean, that was a great move because the, the biggest issue, I mean, we, we know what Jamal Adams can bring to the field, but understanding that a guy like Carlos Dunlap where they aren't really pressuring the quarterback whatsoever. I mean, Wagner is still the stud, but he's not your blitzing type of linebacker. That's going to go right. after the quarterback all the time right Dunlap is going to be a huge difference maker come in the playoffs huge because you got the edge with with Adams you're moving him around the field all the time he's almost like a tweener out there sometimes it's weird but Dunlap is huge for this defense but when it comes to the Cardinals this was interesting because I know that we didn't see it and it, it it wasn't like it felt like he wasn't running he literally wasn't running I'm talking about Kyler Murray and yeah. that, was, that was kind of weird to me because this is the first time i really seen him not take off. I mean, Seattle did a great job kind of uh, keeping him in the pocket so you could see he was frustrated. He couldn't bounce it out. And, I mean, I think they caught that from the Bills tape more than anything, especially on Hail Mary, where he was able to roll out and make that play. They just made a conscious, right. conscientious effort to keep him in the pocket in the and pocket, not run because yeah. he only ran five carries for 15 yards, man. I think uh he was a little hurt too. They kept showing yeah. them rubbing that down shoulder. that shoulder.
1: The the arm didn't look right. Something didn't look right. That looked like a very unkyler like performance. Uh I think we're gonna hear later in the week that he's a little more banged up than than we're we're aware of there. He didn't he didn't look like quite himself, man. Uh, maybe it's a short turnaround. It. I don't know if it's maybe. a short turnaround mixed with a something that's a little tweaked. Like it doesn't look like it's anything that's gonna linger, but that night for the the duration of that game, he didn't look like himself. Um even the play calls looked like around. it were trying to protect him almost in a way. It, it, something seemed off with the with the whole flow of that offense. And uh, kudos to the Seahawks, though. Uh, I did have a have a have a chance to pick them this week, so I was happy to get the Thursday pick right. And yeah. uh, kudos to the defense showing up and making me feel good here.
0: I'm still bleeding out from last week's <laughs> debacle, Frick. I, I was one of my career lows in, in point spread picks. So, I mean, I got this one wrong again, but I mean, even when you talk about the usage of Deandre Hopkins, that was so peculiar to me too. Kingsbury seemed off in his, in his, in his game script and his play calling when they were on the, on the goal line, I believe it was like maybe the two yard line. It was run, run, then pass to chase Edmonds kind of off a broken, um, Um, blitz yeah on that
1: that, yeah so i I couldn't
0: understand what i was watching though because you have hopkins your 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 play calls if you're if you take the run out completely it should be screen to hopkins and then it should be fade fade that's it and then you kick the field goal on fourth down (laughs) or you go for it i don't understand that you have one of the best wide receivers he showed it on that hail mary catch why aren't you doing this three times when you're in the red zone on the two yard line if you're not going to run
1: it's a good question. Um, I, I I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of the Hopkins in the red zone fades either right. this year. It hasn't been something they've really gone to. It's been Kyler runs or not really much of a, a play calling that involves involves the hop, which you think you bring him here for that reason, right? He's going to get that isolation out there, so you might as well use it every time. Yeah. At worst, it's going to be a free pass. With well, that's it. His ability. It's it's a safe play. So. I'm with you. I don't know. It's you're, chucking
0: it. you're chucking it up to him. I mean, it, put it where he can only get it. If he doesn't, yeah. it's incomplete, and you're good. Which is almost anywhere. So
1: just <sighs> put it up <out> there.
0: <laughs> he, he still got me. So I'm upset because I got <laughs> Hob and Kyler. Hob got me less than nine in full PPR. So I'm a little upset with that. That was a tough one. I'm upset, but Sunday, we got a full slate of games on Sunday. Let's start off with the Tennessee Titans going to Baltimore to face the Ravens spread right now is sitting at six points. I think we caught it at six and a half for the, for the Ravens. I'm a little surprised at this spread. I'm, I, I think that Vegas is so damn good. These odds makers are so damn good at baiting us into these spreads because, but then, but then when you watch the game, and you're like, yeah, there's no way it's going to be a touchdown spread. And then it goes by 14. And you're like, what the hell did I, didn't I see?
1: What didn't I see? Yeah, Right?
0: But this one seems a little bit different to me because Baltimore, I don't know what everyone's still high up on Baltimore. This, I could understand a three-point spread for Baltimore being, but six 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 and a half points, that's a little high for me.
1: It seems like a big pull, if you're asking me. I feel like these two teams feel somewhat evenly matched. Overall, now you can make the case that the Baltimore defense is uh, head and shoulders above the Baltimore defense. Sorry, sorry, the Baltimore defense is head and shoulders above the Tennessee defense. Yep. But outside of that, I, I just feel like these teams are very evenly matched. So I don't understand that type of spread. I'm with you three, three and a half would be where I was leaning. And then, you know, you can make the case for it. But where we're at, I got to go tighten up. It's Titans, Titans, Titans all the way. Big time. Uh, I like what, uh, what I see in that offense. It's too, They got all, all the major pieces are healthy in terms of the, the quarterback, the running back, and the wide receivers. I know the O-line, they, they suffered some injuries there. But, you know, all the major uh, moving pieces there, all the skill positions are healthy. So I'm, I'm thinking this is going to be a close game. This is a must-win for both teams. Both teams are trying to, you know, mm-hmm. get their position in divisions that are tough, and everybody's playing for that playoff run. And This is this is go time. So I, I don't see uh, either team coming with uh, with anything but their A game. I think we're going to have a heavyweight fight here.
0: I agree. And I mean, I think this is actually even bigger for Baltimore than it is Tennessee. If Tennessee stumbles in this one, I think they can recover. But I mean, being in a division with the Steelers, them being still undefeated and their schedule is soft going forward. They can, when, when Terry Bradshaw went on uh, Fox last Sunday and he was like, I think the Steelers can go undefeated. I was like, "What is this man talking about?" But I actually looked at the schedule. It's not far fetched at all. Wow! If they okay. if they keep playing, they could. And if they don't stumble, they could legit go sixteen and zero. But I mean, to talk about the Ravens, I'm still I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. We talked about this on previous shows weeks ago, and I'm still waiting for this offensive punch. And I really don't think it's going to happen. Um, the offensive coordinator, former Buffalo Bills guy, I know him well uh in his time in buffalo and he has been figured out again and, oh, okay and and this is his problem and he does not adjust and that's why the bills let him go i can't remember his name um shoot so I his name. Right now? i'd have to look it up but i mean yeah. uh, he was he was with the bills for a little bit of a stint but i mean when he gets figured out he doesn't change lamar is struggling in the past game um hollywood is complaining yeah you're not missing He looks, he looks unhappy
1: Andrew, out there. Right. Mark Andrew just looks like another guy right now, too. Right. Touch on the way the offense has been rolling. Gus Edwards to give uh, some some positive notes. He looks good. He looks healthy. He looks like he's got some fresh legs. He's run strong. He's falling forward every time he touches the ball. Mm-hmm. They're getting something out of the rookie now. Dobbins is rolling. I'm with you. There's something missing there. Uh, they're they're too good of a team to to not uh, to see. For me, I can't get off the wagon completely. They just have too many good pieces around them. The coaching staff is too strong. But from what they saw last year, you'd expect at least that, if not a step forward. And consistently, you're just seeing kind of a step backwards. Uh, And it's probably to touch on what you're saying. The book is out on, on the offense. They've been figured out. And they haven't turned the page to figure out another way to attack teams.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It really is. And I mean, when it comes to the Titans, I want to see A.J. Brown get back in it. I mean, he had a very bad day. I mean, he had some drops, then Tannehill started going away from him. They had the mistakes, and then that kind of dictated pace afterward. But if A.J. Brown doesn't get going on this defense, I mean, I think that could be a problem for Tennessee. Derrick Henry again. So here's the thing. Everyone is all hyped on Derrick Henry, and this has always been my concern with the guy. He will disappear. He'll put you up the 100 yards, but it's such a difficult 100 yards that you feel like he's not really involved in the game flow. Fantasy football wise different story. I mean, 100 yards is good for a running back, but when you're talking about winning contests in the NFL, it just seems like he disappears at the times and I mean, we kind of agreed on that one I think before too.
1: Yeah, Henry, he's the the offense just needs to get themselves in a position of plus, right? When they're in when they're in the uh, in the offensive zone, when they're in the attacking mode, when they have the lead in the game, it's a whole different story with Henry. But when they're being punched in the mouth and they're being attacked and he's getting hit in the backfield and they're trying to find different ways to get him involved or find different ways to get him the ball, he might still get those those carries that get them to second and five and stuff like that, which at the end of the game translates to a game where you, you have that stat line of 18 for 96 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if it's one of those games where, you know, he's not actually getting where he's hitting you in the mouth, it's not the Derek Henry type performance that, you, that he can impose his will, right? I think that's what you're kind of touching on where the stat shows that he had a a game, but Mm. it's not the game where it's Derek Henry, where he's, when he, you know, when he has a game, he's imposing his will on your team and your, your back is, is against the wall. Right? Like he's taken t- over the game for a few weeks now. Yeah, exactly.
0: like but he's exactly. taken over the game, and we're not seeing that. And, I mean, it's it's no different than last season. So he led the league in, in rushing last year, but the, if you look at the statistics game by game, the majority of that came in the last four four weeks of the season. So Monster look, games. Right, yeah. it, it, the 200-yard-plus game. So it elevated his stat sheet to make it look like he is more dominant than what he really is. And, I mean, I'm not trying to say that I'm, a, I'm, I'm off Henry's wagon because I'm not. I mean, I think he's a fabulous talent, and and it come in the fourth quarter, if if the like you said, the Titans are playing well, you don't want to tackle that man. I mean, it's just going to hurt. Not. Yeah, right? Absolutely not.
1: Yeah, absolutely not.
0: Anyway, so, I mean, I think I had uh, – we both had the, the we Titans. We had Titans, yeah, yeah.
1: We got Titan tighten up. I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah.
0: It'll be a close one. Next one we have is the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers. This has a shaping up to be a disaster. We have uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a game-time decision I'm hearing right now. The spread okay. right now – the spread I think we caught was one and a half. I don't think they have a spread right now because they're waiting on uh, Teddy's. They're waiting on some – yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think we had
1: Detroit at a one and a half, I believe. So That's
0: like right. That. Yeah. And that even scares me now because you have Matthew Stafford with that injured uh, thumb on his throwing hat. DeAndre Swift is now out with a concussion. Kenny Galladay has been ruled out. You have no Amendola. Like, good God, this game could get ugly in in a very big way.
1: In a big, big way. Yeah. It's a tough one. Uh, I'm not even sure where to start with that, with all the, the – the missing pieces and with all the, I, I just caught wind that the Swift thing was actually official now. Cause I knew he had the concussion that was reported late. So I wasn't sure if he was uh, officially ruled out there waiting until Sunday to, to rule on that. But yeah, those, all those things piece those together and it looks like Detroit's offense is going to be, uh, going to be struggling because with Stafford 10, you're going to want to lean on the run. You're going to want to lean on all, potentially all three backs, but now it looks like it's going to be carry on and uh, Adrian. Yep. Uh, Detroit's still in that playoff race, right? They've been playing some good ball lately. So, Initially, I thought with with healthy bodies they were where I was leaning, but now that uh, I'm gonna have to reassess that. Yeah. And Teddy being a game time decision, I think who's the uh, the backup? PJ.
0: PJ Walker, yeah,
1: yeah. PJ's the backup. XFL
0: superstar. Man, this is, a, this is a tough one to call. This might be a coin toss. It is a coin toss. Uh, we know Christian's
1: not playing, right? McCaffrey's already been ruled out. That's right. Whew. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this one uh, it's gonna be an interesting one. I think. Uh, with with the information we have now, I'm just gonna go with with my Matt Stafford and my my home pick and see if they can lean on what they what they know and their experience in the, in the quarterback and just kind of play more of a safe uh, safe game and finding his, his tight end Hawkinson and finding uh, Marvin Jones Jr. They've had some chemistry lately. He's been for fantasy purposes, he's been very productive lately, and uh, yeah, just find a way to squeeze out a game here. This this feels like a, a very strange game. Very this could go all multiple types of ways, man. This is a yeah, tough one.
0: And and even if they do, so if Teddy sits and PJ plays, I mean, uh, what can we really say? I mean, he XFL guy, he played well there, but this is a different game. He came in in relief that last game when Teddy went down and he was just off. I mean, he's got an arm, he's got a good cannon, but he, he's very inaccurate with those throws. And I mean, coming off the bench, I get it. You don't have the game prep, maybe with some more practice time, it will look better fantasy right. football purposes. I mean, I'm okay going with Mike Davis in this one. I think they're going to have to run regardless, especially if Teddy Bridgewater's knee is not that good. He might come out uh, mid game or, you know, if he uh, reaggravates exactly. it on a turn, you know, so I, I don't know. I, 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 I still had on my spread, I think I picked Carolina to cover the one and a half, but I said I'll leave it up to to if, if Teddy plays or not. Because if See Teddy plays, yeah, I think I got to go with Carolina because Matthew Stafford with an injured thumb, he's not going to be able to throw the damn ball.
1: I hear you. You know, if Teddy plays, that's where I lean to. Without Teddy, I don't
0: know. I got to go with the vet.
1: So I guess we'll 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 have to hang on to that one and see.
0: Yeah, that one's a tough one. We don't like that game. We'll just move right along. Your (laughs) boys, the Philadelphia Eagles, taking travel to Cleveland to face the upstart Cleveland Browns, six and three. Cleveland is the worst six and three team I think I've ever seen. Oof! They They set it off.
1: They have to be Baker's Baker's Baker. You know, he's
0: he's Baker. He's he's not good.
1: Baker. They rely on the run game. They got. They got two studs, like we've been saying for weeks now. They got 1A and 1A in the backfield. Chubb came back from the injury, looked, looked good, perfect, looked great. Mm-hmm. Let fantasy owners down with his unselfish play at the end there. But, hey, that's Chubb. You let betters.
0: Let's talk about that down. first before we move on. Let that, what the hell was Chubb doing? And, I mean, okay, I'm not going to – You know, Fancy told him,
1: uh, get the first down and get down. So he just said, I, I do as coach asked. I, I saw the quote. I saw the interview. I'm with you that the, the touchdown it's a two score game it doesn't change anything.
0: Anything. Well, I I just don't There's the argument
1: it. that it could change a potential injury. That's the only argument I can say. You're you're prolonging the game now you are getting your defense back on the field okay. for a potential injury.
0: Okay. But outside I'll buy that of that, one. I'll buy outside that outside of one.
1: that argument your coach says, "Hey, take the knee cuz we can run the clock, game is done 100%, no questions asked." So he said, "All right, all right coach, I got you. Let me rip down the sideline." But once you rip down the line like yeah, that, you can and you see that. the end zone. You know there's there's money involved in those touchdowns, too. Come on, man. I've been sitting yeah. for like four weeks, five weeks. I'm running
0: Yeah, exactly. You got bonuses on that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, hey, hats off to Chubb. He's a company guy. Company fair guy. But, hey, fair let's, enough. let's get back. Let's He's get got back a good track.
0: heart. He's got a good heart. He
1: does. My Eagles. This is the week that my Eagles will find a win.
0: Okay, let's hear I'm,
1: it. I'm coming back with that statement. I've said it before. They've let me down, but they did cover a couple times, and they did say that before. And uh, this is the week I do believe the Eagles come back with a win here. Not, not just cover. I believe it's Cleveland three and a half last time we checked. I believe, uh, yeah, we'll come out here with a very sound game plan. Uh, going into this week, I figured we would have a very revamped concept of what the offense should look like. Now, how they things turn out on Sundays is always a different story. But what it should look like is what we've talked about. The two tight end sets, a run game. What we saw in our Super Bowl run era when we had Jay, Jay and we had LeGear Blunt and we had guys just running it down your throats consistently all the way to the Super Bowl. And I think that's what they're going to get back to. They realize that Miles Sanders has all the explosion in the world, you just got to let the man loose, and he just needed the compliment there. And we went and ha- uh, gave a shout to Jordan to come back. Yep. Uh, not sure if he's going to suit up this week, but he'll be back. And it did just he, it tells he that he he signed to the practice squad. He's oh, okay. I, didn't I didn't see that. I that. Yeah. It's just pending the COVID-19 tests and all that good gotcha. stuff now, right? But uh, it just speaks to me that they, they understand that we need to get back to just power football, running the football, simplifying things, take the ball out of Carson Sands. He's got too much control, too much control at the line. He's making too many mistakes, too many inaccurate throws, too many bad reads. Holding on, like, The list goes on. And, and every, everyone in Philadelphia knows this right now. Carson Wentz is not playing good football. We all, we all know this. Uh, so I think Doug is is trying to find a way to uh, to alleviate that without pulling the plug essentially because I don't think that's the answer. Anybody that's asking for Carson Wentz to be benched in favor of Jalen Hurts, let's pump that. Silly. Down. Yeah, we're take, not there yet. Take it yet. down. Take it down. We are not there yet. We are still leading this horrendous division. <laughs> yeah. Let's not go there. We still have some great chances in front of us to uh, to make the playoffs and make some noise. so Get some things straight here. I'm picking the Eagles to win this. I think this is going to be a very, very, very close game, though. I'm thinking a one-point game, two-point game here coming down to the last drive. Uh, I think we're just going to find a way to uh, to get things done, get Baker some trouble, have a couple turnovers from him, and Wentz does enough. I'm still not on the Wentz wagon again. I he's probably it's gonna enough. he's probably gonna give us some headaches again, guys. So yeah. get ready for a couple headaches, but enough around that run game to get the win.
0: So, okay. I, I watched your Eagles last week intently. I really did. And, yes, it's a big thumbs down. I really paid close attention. And, I mean, I've seen a lot of Eagles games already this season. But with this one that just passed, they were playing the Giants, and I was like, okay, you know what? I got a lot invested in this team, fantasy football-wise. So, I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually really dissect what it is they're doing and what it is they're not doing. And and the one funny thing about it was I was so uh, confused with how they did not integrate their high-end weapons. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey comes back. Who really cares? Okay, I mean, seriously. Alshon is going to be your, um, what do you call it? Like just a, he'll have a handful of plays, I guess is the best way I could say that.
1: Scheme. In my opinion, red zone target sure. and maybe third downs when you have four wide receivers.
0: Exactly where I'm going. So you got, a, you got a perfect scheme for this guy now. He is no longer a number one target on this roster. You have Fulgham. You have Rager. you got Miles back. Goddard was playing. And you still couldn't manufacture any system or scheme that was going to beat the New York Giants. And I get it. You know, the Giants, we give them credit. Their defense is still very good. And they're showing it. They're playing it. They're on the rise. Okay. They, they will be better in, in, even next year and the year after that with, with more solid draft picks and moves. But this game really upset me if I was an Eagles fan because you didn't do what you should have done. There was no dedication to being to throwing the Fulgham as him being your true next number one wide receiver. The lack of efficiency to Jalen Reger, even being creative enough to have him go cross over the middle. Jalen can go deep too. He can out jump guys. Why aren't you trying these things? This is what upsets me when I watched your team last week. It was so... Uh, frustrating and then on top of it you know Carson Wentz I'll give him a pass last week because that offensive line just couldn't block for him whatsoever you guys couldn't really get the ground game going and it was a very tough one so
1: the running backs didn't help out with the blocking no they didn't they they had a very tough day blocking agreed
0: agreed and it was it was a very tough showing and when you're getting Daniel Jones rushing on your defense again like he is looking like Kyler Murray I mean but he's fast he's a fast guy man
1: I'm yeah, When he plays Philly, at least. Yes, yeah, he's, yeah, fair enough. He's, he's special. He's but special. Against, he against the
0: Browns, I mean, I'm with you. I'm taking the Eagles to win this game. I think Baker. To Reluctantly. Me, I, you know what? I'm still confident. I just want to see them okay. go forward. I really do. Because I think once they figure it out, they'll start rolling. I really do believe it. I think the offensive line for Carson Wentz is his biggest foe. He's trying, he, it's like the Russell Wilson effect when, when Wilson's tossing turnovers everywhere. He's trying to put the team on his back and do a little too much.
1: But the difference is we have Miles Sanders. I know the rest of the yes. world doesn't seem to know this, but me and Miles know that he's the best running back in the league. So just use him. Just use Injuries him. won't allow him to excel yet, but I'm telling you, the kid's got so much skills. Just please use him. You know, the O-line suffers, use the running game. You got it. I agree.
0: I you agree. got it. I'm on I'm Miles. One
1: caveat, actually. though, we got, to, we got to touch on in that game. It's a huge caveat we missed. Miles Garrett.
0: Miles Garrett, yes. COVID, COVID list. yep.
1: Not playing. Yep, huge. That's massive. In my opinion, that is massive. Eagles take advantage.
0: Yeah, and if you check the weather, I think the weather was going to be bad like it was last week, so it might hinder some offensive production. But if not, I'm loading up Fulgham and regular this week. Without Miles Garrett, it'll give Carson a little bit more time to throw that ball. Yeah,
1: sure.
0: Next game we have is those Houston Texans and the New England Patriots, uh, Cam Newton and company, taking travel to Houston. They are favored by a lowly two points right now. This game is another one that I am not having great interest in outside of fantasy football. I mean, Cam, I mean, Cam, you got three touchdown passes after this hype video that you put out that you're coming back. We are week 11. And he, does.
1: he does. He uh, does. We're seeing what we see is what we got. That yeah. offense is how it's going to roll. I like the addition that the little movements of Jacoby Myers are yep. on the line, the quick plays to him and they found something there and i'm not sure if they're going to get Edelman back this week have you heard anything about edelman no i back? think he's
0: st- i think he's still out this week
1: he's still on ir so it's going to be the same same thing it's going to be a lot of running a lot of damian harris which has been great he's
0: yep, been, that's been very good.
1: productive a lot of burkhead and uh, a lot of cam you know he's going to be vaulting those touchdowns he ain't throwing them but he's running them right running. you can pretty much stamp Cam in for one rushing touchdown week
0: yeah so for harris I like Harris a lot right now. I think uh, Bill Belichick understands that this is basically his offense. The run game is all they have. Cam Newton's, uh, again, I'm going to touch on that throwing motion. His arm is broken. I mean, it's not the same. Uh, whatever, However they surgically repaired it, he may not be in pain anymore, but he can't throw the ball like he used to. It's and and it's, it's so clear to me. But riding Harris, I mean, he had 20-plus carries last week. I think that is the key. I think you still continue to use Burkhead. I'm still shocked James White is not a bigger, uh, having a bigger role on this offense. I mean, it's, it's set up for him to be a PPR monster in fantasy, and he's just not doing it, and I don't get it. But when, from when we talk about the Houston Texans, I think we got to start talking about uh, Deshaun Watson and okay. what's going on with Deshaun Watson. I mean, the numbers are, are still a little bit there. Um, what, what, let me see what his numbers are looking like this season. So he's uh, 2,539 yards, 18 touchdowns, five picks. So he's not p- throwing the, the turnovers. But, again, he's not taking over these games, especially in contests where you should be literally carrying the team when, you're off or when your defense isn't helping you out. I'm just not seeing that from Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah, I haven't noticed that either, especially in, in the games that they struggle uh, away from home or with inclement weather like last week. They, uh, they really have no run game to, uh, to rely on, so the offense is just completely stifled, right? They've, they've kind of predicated themselves on what you uh, were, were saying earlier on in the season, that they're going to be using all the speed, speed, speed. And it took them a while to get that going. They've got it going a few weeks there. We saw mm-hmm. Fuller flying around. Cooks was a consistent weapon. He's, he's kind of their go-to consistent uh, PPR guy lately. And then Fuller is their deep threat still. But they just they can't find any consistency in that run game. I think it's absolutely killing them. Even with DJ. DJ in, DJ out, doesn't yep. matter. The same run thing. game, it's the same thing. It's struggling to, to manufacture points. Um, they can get get behind late, and then you're, the the PPR monster comes in and Duke Johnson. But that's all you know. That's all just for pretty show. That's not that's actually it. production. That's going to get you the wins here. Garbage time. And uh, and because of that, you know, I I like picking New England in this game because their run game essentially is what is what they lean on, and they can just do it more effectively. So I think they're going to control the clock a lot in this game as Houston's defense struggles uh, to keep teams off the field. I see New England just having a few of those 12, 14 play seven minute drive type things that just keep Deshaun off. And then he has to try to respond with quick touchdowns. And if he can't do that, then it's going to be, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, Going forward though. I don't, I don't know what to do to help Deshaun get better necessarily aside from give him a run game. Do you think it's just that, or there's something to his game that's lacking as well.
0: Yeah. And holds the ball a little bit too much. Uh, I don't know if
1: he, if he if he can't come off his first read quick enough, I'm not I think sure exactly. I think what it's is. all of
0: it. To be honest with you, I really do. I think he he had such a quick start, but now it's almost like it's back down to reality. And and on top of it, his offensive line isn't great. This team is not good. Let's it's overall, not a great team. Yeah. Let's just let's just put it that way. I mean, the team is just not that good. I mean, outside Will Fuller, and he could be likely gone next season in, in free agency. I really don't see the Texans paying up money for him. But I mean. I, there's, there is something missing. Did he check out the minute DeAndre got traded? Did he check out? But he signed that big deal. So you have to be checked in. Like, like this is what's baffling think, to me.
1: Yeah. You think, you know what, That brings up a point now, because now that we're sitting on week 11, right, in terms of fantasy, you'll see a lot of teams, there's a fire sale going on in all kinds of leagues. Yep. I wonder if things like that are, are creeping into some of the players' minds. More so this year than any other year. This is a different year. Like, let's not kid ourselves. This is the COVID year. This is 2020. Yep. The world isn't what it was necessarily in 2019 or 2018. So these players that are in non-playoff positions, like, absolutely know they're not going anywhere in the playoffs. I wonder, on a personal level, if they're starting to, Check you know, it. drift just drift a little bit. It, yeah. It'd be hard not to. With what's you. going on? Like, you got to wonder when you're thinking about uh, the teams that you're picking and the players that you're plugging in for fantasy here.
0: I agree. And I mean, that's a great point because everyone wants to take away the human element. It's always about analytics, right? Analytics, analytics. This is the numbers. This is what we got to do. The stats. But you got to always put in the human element. We always talk about revenge games. You know, exactly. these guys always go off on revenge games. There's no analytics for that. It's just he wants to stick it to his team. Uh, we talk about guys that had babies. Uh, their wives had babies. And they go off because they had the kid. And they're excited. And they're jacked up. This is that human element that we always have to put into when we evaluate these players. What's going on? And Zeke Elliott's a perfect one. We'll talk about Zeke when we get to the Cowboys game. But, know. I mean, he's been checked out already for three weeks since, since or four weeks since uh, Dak went out. Since down. Dak,
1: yeah. Oh, no, I
0: mean, I don't sure. know. I'm still, I still think the Patriots do win this game as well. I think they do, right, Harris? Harris, like you said as well. Um, yeah. But I'm looking for a lot more from Cam. I, 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 I don't hate on the guy, but I just, I want to see more. Like, I want to see more passing efficiency.
1: Unfortunately, as much as I'm rooting for him, I don't think. I think what we're seeing is, is what this seeing. is the best version of him, just less uh, turnovers and more efficiency. Agreed. That's Agreed. that's the upside there.
0: Agreed. Next game we have is the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only undefeated team in the NFL, taking travel to Jacksonville to face the Jake Luton Jacksonville Jaguars. They look good under this kid, and and they held Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know what the hell's going on in Jacksonville right now. That spread was thirteen points. I was like, hell yes, in Green Bay, I'm taking it. I got I got kicked in the junk, got hosed big time. <laughs> it hurt, and I don't like it. Now we have a spread of ten points for the Pittsburgh Steelers in jacksonville we know pittsburgh's a, a resume of of historic proportions in that they will play down to their competition we saw it with the cowboys and i expected that fully against the Bengals. and they came to play last week against the Bengals. this is a tough one for me i still took the points i took pittsburgh to win this game i just think there's way too much talent Deontay's finally healthy he looks great Claypool looks like a machine he's like baby megatron out there he's he's just looking damn good one thing that is interesting to me is that james connor's kind of taking a step back the last couple weeks the run game hasn't been as efficient they're trying and and i could see every time he's either bouncing it out too fast or they're just they're finding ways to get penetration on the guy
1: yeah i see it see it the exact same way you're seeing it in terms of the run game though i think they're getting away from it really quickly and i think it's one of those things where it, it, because you can you have the luxury that it's like well you know what all right, James. You didn't get three yards on that one handoff. Let's just throw the ball. Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I sw- come winter, come
0: the playoff snow. run, yep. come
1: snow. You know, Ben's knee. He doesn't want to get hit to me. You'll see Connor and them figure out this run game. I think it's not necessarily that it's broken. I think it's a lack of commitment right now and the fact that they don't have. It. I really, really strong. I've because of fantasy, I've watched a lot of Pittsburgh tape and a lot of Pittsburgh games. Yep. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about Connor in terms of their production. It'll it'll bounce back when they need it. Uh, but for this game, I'm with you. Like this was one that, up until I, I sent you the the final results of my picks here, I was still saying, you know, what this is Jackson. you just you know they're going to cover. Yeah, like we thought this two weeks ago, like you said, or three weeks ago with Dallas, and we were dead wrong. And uh, this feels like a repeat of that, especially with what Jacksonville has done to to destroy lines not just against green bay they they started Every that with, they did that with luton even more recently his first game he came out and did that i won't forget the, the touchdown run he's spinning in the end zone stiff arm people yeah, throwing footballs and celebrations to his parents in the crowd I was like this, yeah, dude, is this game look at this boy
0: go yeah he's doing
1: and it. then next week it was all of a sudden you know what keelan cole says, i got you keelan cole is juking punters and Catching touchdowns and just, just starting, just studying on people. So
0: Looking like Tyler Lockett ah, out there. Whatever, whatever's going
1: on in South Florida, they, they're feeling themselves. You know? But for some reason, after Mike Tomlin made that announcement this week, I feel like the whole focus in Pittsburgh this week is to not have a letup. He, he made that announcement. I don't know if you're sure if you caught it, but he no, said that up. this is not a trap game. We are not looking at this like a trap game. We are not going to treat Jacksonville like some sort of college spread. Like, don't, we're not going to get caught up in any of that hype, undefeated versus this, and any of that stuff. He's like, this is a formidable opponent. We're taking him very seriously. So I hope that coach speak translates. And uh, I think the talent is just too much on both sides of the ball. You know, with Watt coming out at Lutton and them, no matter what he's shown so far, just, uh, they're going to have to lean heavily on Robinson. And Pittsburgh's D has shown a little bit more vulnerability to the run. I won't say they're anywhere near – vulnerable but they've shown mm-hmm. a little bit more cracks so i think Jacksonville's going to have to lean heavily on that but there's just too much going on in pittsburgh to me they, they have too much to to lean on this week it could be clay that catches another two it could be juju it could be Deontay. They, it could be ebron they, yep. wherever they want to go wherever you, know, you go. can't guard all those weapons they're just it's too talented at those skill positions and they have the perfect person distributing the ball to them absolutely and i do want to give a nod to ben right now he is on my MVP watch.
0: And I was just looking at his numbers. It's funny you just said that because he's got 22 touchdowns, four picks right now, and he's playing extremely sound football and over the un- last three weeks.
1: He's undefeated.
0: Yeah, and he's undefeated. And he's
1: the only one that's undefeated. So. And it's
0: unbelievable how well he has his team playing. And, if, and, if, and, and the thing was, it's a great thing because you could put him up for the comeback player of the year as well because he came uh, from that injury. From the injury. But that says wow. a lot even more when you're talking about how valuable he is to the Pittsburgh Steelers and how much they missed him when he was gone. Absolutely. So I mean I get it. They got the horses like you're saying. You got Clay. You got Deontay. They're doing well. When it comes to the Jaguars, so I'm with that. They got to run James Robinson, and this James Robinson has been good. He's been really good. I mean, he's over four and a half, or yeah, just almost that four and a half yards per carry. That that to me on a on a crappy Jaguars team um, is interchangeable is carry.
1: quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah, he's been solid. DJ solid. Charts has been banged up all year, so he's yeah. been the most relied upon offensive weapon from week one, and he's been consistent. I think if he's on a more uh, national televised team or a more nationally known team, he's he's up there for Rookie of the Year, and he's getting a lot more notoriety. It's just because he's in Jacksonville, I think his name is kind of getting missed.
0: I think if you put a guy like James Robinson on the Bills offense right now, Mm. that says – a huge difference to me. Uh, he, he looks good. He, he looks, looks very good. good. And I mean, that's high praise right now. I'm sitting DJ Chark fantasy football wise this week. I'm terrified of this matchup against Joe Hayden. Hayden has been locked down all season. Unless Nelson gets uh gets in the mix and starts covering DJ. If they're or, uh shark, if they're moving him around, then, then maybe he finds a deep touchdown from Luton again. I don't know. I still take the spread. I think 10 points, uh, even with travel. I mean, it's South for Pittsburgh. So, not that far, so I I think it's still gonna be a cover for sure. This game, man, we got to talk about this game because it's making highlight and, and and talking points all over. It's the New Orleans Saints hosting the Atlanta Falcons.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: The Saints, we caught that spread. It was five and a half points. Right now, I believe it's sitting at three and a half. And and this is the, we got news today. We had the news. Everyone was expecting Jameis Winston to be the starting quarterback. Then it breaks all over Twitter. Like you said, I think Chef broke it saying that Taysom Hill is going to be the club starter for this week. And everyone was in shock. Then I see Sean Payton, Coach Sean Payton, come out and say, wait a second, pump the brakes. I haven't announced a starter yet. So. What the hell are we supposed to believe? All these people are jacked up because uh, ESPN Fantasy Football has the availability for Hill to play in the tight end slot. Everyone is going crazy. They're like, I'm playing a quarterback in the tight end position, and I'm loving it. And I don't even care if it's cheap because I'm doing it. But I think the Atlanta Falcons actually will will eat this spread. I really do. I am terrified beyond measure if Taysom Hill starts this game. I am terrified for Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and company, because I have no faith in, in Hill throwing the ball. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll eat those words. But from what I've seen, there's a reason why Coach Payton doesn't allow this man to throw the ball. I mean, he, every time he's in the game, it's a read-option run. He's never thrown the ball. What makes him the starting quarterback this week? I just don't see it.
1: That, that, man, this one is – I woke up to this one. I woke up. I got some cousins <laughs> it's a on the nightmare. Yeah, I got some cousins on the East Coast and, you know, they are up a couple hours earlier. And, yeah, that was the first thing they woke up to and they're like, I, I don't even have a response for this one. This is a shock and a half. These are Saints fans. Let's, let's, yep. let's start with that. So they're just then there's a lot of Saints fans. If, if, uh, if you didn't know, I'll just put this one out there that get very upset when they have Taysom Hill on the field. I've seen it. I've heard it. I feel like they're not even next to me sometimes. And I, when I see them line up, I can hear them. Like, yep. Why
0: are you on the field? What are you doing? There's a lot.
1: Yo, you just, just run the play. Because <laughs> okay. when you have Michael Thomas healthy and you have Al Gamar who's unstoppable, you're just wondering, why do we got to play games? Let's just go. We got it. We got Drew. We got these guys. Let's go. They can't stop us. Yep. But ah, this this one is weird. It's a shot. It's a really, really interesting one. It felt like they brought in Jamius to be this year's Teddy to back up Drew. Or Ryan Taddle. And exactly what happened last time, Drew goes down, you know, so Teddy came in and revitalized his career. You figure we all saw this book before. Drew goes down. Now Jamius is going to come in and revitalize his career. But nah, Sean Payton's pumping the brakes on that. I'm, I'm just checking as you said that. It, it's being reported. It's saying Adam Schefter reported it. It's saying that uh, our girl here, Diana R- R- Rossini, from ESPN is also reported that Jameis Winston will not be a part of any offensive snaps. Uh, no, sorry, any of offensive packages for Week 11. Mm-hmm. So they're they're putting it out there right now that this is Taysom's starting job and it's not a gimmick thing. It's a, he's going to get the, the the job. With that said, I got to go Atlanta. I I just feel like Atlanta has been playing sound football for four or five consecutive weeks now.
0: Coming uh, out the bye. They,
1: Coming off a bye, two weeks to prepare for an opponent that you're really, really aware of. If Julio's hamstring's 100% healthy, he's still going to beast on these guys. I'm not sure Ridley and his foot are at. They're playing. Ridley's ridley's a go. He's a go. You got to go Atlanta. to. It, well, we got it at five and a half. To me, it was a no brainer. It was a steal. Um, I, I could see this being a field goal game, if not closer. You could even see Atlanta coming out with the win now that you you have reports that that the quarterback situation is completely flipped on its head. Uh, I don't that with that said, it doesn't scare me from the the, uh, the Saints offense entirely. Now Michael Thomas's value has been really up in the air. You you've never seen him with any other quarterback other than uh, Teddy for that brief stint, but it's always been Drew. So mm-hmm. you weren't really sure what you were going to get with Jameis anyway. So I'm for me, I'm still like his value is still the same. For me, if it's Jamius or if it's Taysom, I'm not sure which one is going to give him the ball at a capacity that I'm comfortable with. Uh, Kamara, I think, is going to stay the same. Man, you're going to have that read option all day long. It sounds like, mm. he, and and this man can run the ball. If there's one thing he can do, yeah, that's run the he ball. can. Do and, that. you, and, and you and and if you count one man to stop him, you're going to have a hard time stopping him. He seems to always break that first tackle or run over that first tackle.
0: Oh, he's a beast now, that way. No question. He's an
1: incredible runner. So he, I think the run game will be very formidable still. Uh, Kamara is still going to be a hot topic and he'll still have one of his big games. I can see, but, uh, maybe not big, like a 20 point game, but he's going to be a starter. He's still, it don't take him out of your lineup or he's scared to start him. He's still yeah, going to have no, a no. formidable start. here. You're he's still, still playing still Kamara good. regardless yeah. of who's
0: playing the quarterback position. What got me excited about, uh, Winston playing was we've seen in history that with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was able to support heavy loaded talent like Mike Evans, like Chris Godwin, 5,000 yards passing. This is what I was excited for. I mean, okay, yeah, Teddy comes in. He was more of a game manager type, but he still moved the offense. Okay, Teddy uh, uh, Jamis is going to give you the two to three interceptions uh, potentially, and he's still going to throw the ball. So to me, I just I felt like it gave them a better chance to win. I really don't understand. The thought process of playing Hill, I mean, okay, you sign Hill to that whatever it was, two-year, $16 million contract, like that, yeah. which is crazy in, in itself. Um, but this man should be playing tight end. Like he sh- that's, that should be his role in this offense. He's, he's clearly not afraid to take punishment. He's, he's a bulldozer type of guy. He's not a quarterback. Uh, well, the traditional sense. Traditionally
1: like, speaking, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's, he's not the quarterback that we're normally used to. But, yeah, I think you're on point. I mean, I didn't really account for that because, yes, he is going to run. But, I mean, Kamara, fine. I can see it. Even checkdowns to Kamara, I can see it. But I'm, I'm, I'm so terrified with the throws. I, I mean, if he comes out and starts lighting things up, then fine. You know, then I was – I don't I, know I, if
1: anyone could foresee that, though. If right. he does that, I think, besides Sean Payton, everyone's going to be surprised. That's There's right. nothing to tell us that that's in
0: his arsenal. Yeah, nothing at all. There's no proof to the point. But yeah. I mean, I like the Falcons here coming off the bye, Like you said, we've been on them pretty well since uh, uh, coach Quinn got fired and, and Morris took over. They've been a completely different squad. They've been looking very good. I mean, five and a half points to me feels like stealing candy, but we'll move on to the next game. Cause that's going to be an interesting one. Anyway, Cincinnati and Washington in Washington. This is an interesting one. The Washington football team is favored in this contest. I'm still, taking the Bengals. Bengals disappointed me last week they didn't come out and i thought they would they came off the bye i thought they'd be better prepared i get it no joe mixon again but i mean you've been using geo he's been serviceable he's been fine you have talent at the wide receiver position you have Boyd. you have higgins and, okay to a lesser extent aj green now but i mean Higgins has been playing. He's been, he's been playing as well as the Justin Jeffersons, the C.D. Lambs. He should be fed. Tyler Boyd should be fed. I, I think it might have been just an off week for Joe Burrow, rookie not understanding uh, uh, how to come back off the bye. I think maybe that had something to do with it. But playing a Washington team who is susceptible to both the run and the pass, I think that he gets back to business. Um, but I'm really looking forward on the Washington side. This is Terry Day. This is going to be Terry Day. I mean, he is unguardable. He is quarterback proof. Um, It doesn't matter what scheme and system. We've said this before as well. But we have not seen that big heavy day from Terry so far this season. He only has three touchdowns on the year. I think this is the day that Terry actually goes off and shows the world that I am a legitimate superstar in this league in the making.
1: Okay, so you're calling for a big Terry game.
0: Big Terry Day.
1: I feel like every day is Terry Day. He, he like we said, you can't guard Terry. He, he's—they call him Scary Terry for a reason. The kid's got unbelievable talent. He's—he's he's a yak monster. He's a high catch point freak. He's—he can run all the routes. The kid is super talented. Uh, for me personally, I—I I thought this was a tough game to call. I feel like it's a really, really close game. Cincinnati really let me down last week. Their performance—I didn't expect them to come out and. Uh, move the ball heavily on Pittsburgh, but I expected a bit more from the offense than that coming out. Of the bye. Um And then it just made me wonder, like, is it, is it just the bye? Or is it something like specific to this team? And I went back and watched the tape and just revisited some of the previous uh, struggles. And it, it's, it's the old line and it's dealing with pressures coming from multiple positions and not identifying where the blitz is coming from. And they just get trounced. Mm-hmm. And it looks like what Baltimore had done to them, Pittsburgh just mimicked it and, you know, I don't know what to do when, when that's coming. And Burrow seems to just try to identify and, and throw without necessarily checking into a new play, or he thinks he can you know, outskill or outathletic the, the blitz. And it's not working. And he's been just absolutely just dominated in those games. And for that reason, that's why I went with Washington, just because their front seven is so dominant and they feel like they're going to come after him again and uh, make life tough on him. And when Burrell's struggling, that offensive line is struggling, they've been a completely different offense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, like we said, I feel like this is a chance for Terry to really, really eat. I feel like he can eat against most teams, and this is one he should really eat against. And uh, I, a part of me says, I got to cheer for Alex again. Yeah. He's going to have to get that win sooner or later. I'm, I think it's coming sooner. You know, the guy's on his comeback here, and, and just you feel for him. He had, what, two 300-yard games? It, he, he's he's looking productive. He's looking like he, he can see the defense. He can read it. He understands it. He's getting more comfortable every week. I'm just hoping for Alex to kind of get that first win. So I'm riding with that. And uh, and I, what I think is going to be another close game. though. This is yep. two teams that are not necessarily uh, going for the same things right now. Washington's still in that playoff run, which people don't necessarily they know or even very entertained. But if you follow that team on Twitter, they're they're serious still. They very much believe they can win. Ronald Vera is a no-nonsense coach that is seriously coaching his team to win here. So uh, I think Alex and them are going to put a game plan together. I like what he's doing with the running backs. Both Gibson and, and McKissick it. are very, very productive right now. They're both interchangeable. You can use them both in fantasy, uh, especially McKissick and PPR. Gibson, I, can, I think you can use them in any format right any now. Format, he's getting yeah. touches all over the place. He's getting all the goal line work. I just like what I'm seeing. Uh from those small spots, they got the quarterback playing sound. They got the running backs playing good, and they got the stud receiver there on offense. So,
0: and I'm with, I'm that. going with them, and I'm with that. I, I like Alex Smith too. I mean, how can you not root for this guy? He almost lost his leg. Now he's back in the NFL. Last week, what he had 54 pass attempts. I mean, yeah, second week back. I mean, his arm would have fallen off. He'd have to ice that thing up all night. But I mean, he is getting more comfortable. So the 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 knock that I had in that first game back was that he looked like a, a deer in the headlights. He really looked uncomfortable in that pocket. Week two after coming back, he looked a lot better, a lot more comfortable, but he is captain check down. Until he understands the offense, this is his go-to. He's going to find the short. So Logan Thomas, for me, is a good start this week. I think he actually has a very good day. Gibson and, and McKissick obviously no-brainers McKissick man he what he had 15 uh targets again last week it's got to be like some kind of record he's like unreal <laughs> going 30 in two weeks man it's unreal what he's able to do in the PPR game I think it's strange that they're not using Gibson in the past game as much uh kind of uh, a weird dynamic because like you said they are so interchangeable Gibson's a former wide receiver I mean I just I don't get that. You don't see the screens to this kid any uh, basically at all. You don't see him in the flat at all. It's it, very confusing to me. They're, they're, it's a, like they're trying to use him like an Adrian Peterson, which is weird. Um, I think you could be that much more creative, that much more dynamic, and that would essentially open up Terry McLaurin that much more. There was a kid that I was uh, interested in um, that is starting to turn my eye. It's this Isaiah, Wright. I didn't know where he came from. He all of a sudden is starting to make plays. And I'm like, cause this was supposed to be St- Steven Sims season as well. It was.
1: Yeah. And, I'm and glad I'm you brought up Isaiah. Yeah, I and I'm a Steven
0: Sims guy. Yeah. I'm a Steven yeah. Sims guy big time. And I think he's got loads of talent, but the injury derailed him. And now you got that other Sims he's starting to play, but then this Isaiah Wright comes in and I'm like, who is this guy? Had to go back. I, I didn't hate his tape. I, I mean, it's nothing spectacular. Didn't hate it. Um, but they got weapons on this on this Washington team.
1: I'm glad you, uh, you pegged that. I'm going to give you a little uh, funny comparison here. Isaiah is like a mini Cordero Patterson for me. Ah, That's who he kind of reminds yeah. me of. A little sense. Even the way they use him, the way he runs tough.
0: Yeah, that's so a good uh,
1: one. Yeah, yeah. I've been noticing him too. I'm glad you brought him up. And they've been using him more and more and more every week. There's something there. They got a little package with that guy. He's great with the ball in his hands. He runs tough.
0: Yeah, he runs tough. And that's the difference that I see that they don't have because Terry's kind of yes. finesse. Steven exactly. Sims kind of finesse, you know. So it is, it's a different dynamic for that receiving core. I'm still taking the, the Bengals. I'm fully expecting it to be close. Um, so, I mean, what is it? It was, it was one and a half points, one and a half. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be tight either way. Um, I'm still hoping Joe Burrow has a big bounce back day. This club, man, a division rival of my Buffalo Bills. I don't have, I don't get to talk about my team this week. They're on the bye, so we'll talk about these Miami Dolphins taking on Denver in the Mile High. Tua Tagovailoa is is man. Can you believe these rookie quarterbacks this year? I mean, I there was two years ago, three years ago, I was a little bit worried about what was coming up. I'm like, man, you know, you're gonna have Peyton retire, Brady retire, Roethlisberger. Uh, this league needs some quarterbacks. And now there's the plethora of there's these plethora. young, talented kids. Tua looks good. I mean, he looks sharp. And it's, it's that difference thing. It's like he's a lefty. So it's like how do you – everything's backwards for the defense. And I think that's kind of working at Tua's advantage right now is that we don't have many left-handed quarterbacks in the league outside of the Michael Vick, Steve Young. Um, you don't really see the lefty. So I think, like I said, the game plans will eventually come defensively. I think another two or three games, they're going to have enough tape to understand what this guy is doing, what this offense is doing. But right now Miami's in the, in the driver's seat and they could, if Buffalo sidesteps, Miami could literally take over. And, and now you got this kid Salvin a mod. I want to touch on this kid before I let you take the wings Salvin Ahmad. I was talking about this guy from the Combine. I really, really liked his skill set, liked the way he moved, lateral movement, he's very fluid, clean hips, like everything was just fantastic. He gets drafted by the or undrafted, I think, rookie free agent to the San Francisco 49ers. He's in a battle with James Hasty, and we had a great debate on Twitter at that time. I believe it was it was in the summer. I had a debate with some colleagues. And, and everyone was on the Hasty train. They're like, Hastie's the guy. He's better. He's a better talent. And I said, I don't disagree that Hastie's not good. But for my money, it's Salvin Ahmad. And this is the week. So we saw it last week. He was used quite a bit, scored a touchdown, 80-plus yards. I want to see it again this week. And and I'm really hoping to see it because I really like the skill set of this young man. I think he could actually become a starting running back in this league.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I I'm like – a little bit taken back right now, I must say. So you you are aware of who Salvin Ahmed is.
0: Very aware.
1: You've already had your tape on this young man.
0: My scouting oh, hat was wow. on months ago. We This is this is almost a year ago now if we're coming to the combine.
1: I'm going to give you a slow clap. I'm impressed. Um, now, this has come from someone who... Views himself, you know, as someone that, that can kind of catch and catch a good eye on something, I keep, I keep my mouth quiet. I, I let my actions speak for myself. If you notice in a few leagues, I've been very active on Miami. Uh, I've been on Jason Sanders. Mm-hmm. I've been on the Dolphins defense. And I, I've been on Amon in two leagues. I went and made a big trade from one of my major leagues this, this week, awesome. uh, where people thought it was just a Michael Thomas dump and getting some future picks. But I was actually really, really high on getting this running back back on my team quietly because I see what you see. But I didn't see it when you saw it. I'm going to give it up to you. What I watched him in the small footage I've seen of him this year and watched that entire tape last week, there's explosion. There's elusiveness. There's, there's, I don't want to call it elite, but there's a level of ability with the right offense that this kid could shine. That's what I saw in the small amount of offense that I saw him run. The opportunity, if, if they can build around him, with the quarterback and the receivers, he's got the skill set. And then for them to release Howard, we already know Breed has been injury prone. That's nope. been a thing. There is no one else in front of him right now. It's his job to either show that he's the one for it or they're going to look, look elsewhere. So I, I like your assessment there. He's He's got a lot of talent. I like it. And I'm on this Miami train. I'm on it. I think it's real. Um, people were sleeping on it. We Everybody in the world, myself included, said, what? Is Brian Flores doing? No one's saying that right now. No, nope. No one is saying that. And it's not because Tua's playing exceptional football. No, he's not. I think it's because, and this is my personal opinion, I think it's because the team feels different. There's a feeling, uh, not that Fitzpatrick didn't give the team a positive vibe, but there's a feeling around this quarterback with this movement that we are a playoff team moving in a direction we're building a culture of football where we're going somewhere. And this is our team. Fitzpatrick, unfortunately, is just an older gentleman. You know, he's been around and it wasn't his, his stop necessarily, you know. And, and I get it now. I get what Brian was trying to get to. Like, this is the team. This is mm-hmm. what they want. This is where they're going. And this is a real shot to do something now. And if it doesn't work, it's a learning experience. And they're going to keep going next year with this, with the progress that with they've made. With this core, absolutely. With this core, exactly. So that's what I was looking for with this core. So he, he definitely made the right decision. We got to give it up to Brian. We're seeing it unfold in front of us. Miami looks like a team that is ready to make, a, make that next step, right? They're, they're coming, to putting their hard hat on every week, and they're making sure whoever's in front of them has to play sound football. You're not going to go in and play the Miami Dolphins this year and have a, uh, you know a week off. That's- you got to come to play. You got to come, it's, it's
0: not the old Miami Dolphins, absolutely
1: anymore. not, right? Absolutely and,
0: and, not. and kudos to Flores 100%. Like we talked about on the show when uh it, it was the week uh, before uh, Tua's uh first game against the LA Rams. And remember, I said maybe maybe we're overthinking it, saying what the heck is he doing? And I said throw him up against the big dogs and see what Tua can do. And he's producing and 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 he saw it and he he knew what was going to happen. I, I don't hate this team on paper. I mean, as a Bills fan, no. it, so, it sounds blasphemous, but I mean, I don't hate this team on paper at all. I've always been a, a, a Xavier Howard guy. I love his skill set. I think he is one of yes. the most underrated defensive backs in this league. He is a true all star. You team him up with Byron Jones, and you got something special. I mean, that's just that's like having uh, Dion and Woodson to a lesser extent uh, uh, back in the day, side by side. Like I, I literally feel that way. These guys are that talented. But yeah, when you, when you team this team up, I mean, they got Gaskin on the, on the IR, so that only concerns me a little bit for, Sal, uh, for Salvan Ahmad, only because Gaskin was playing so well before he went to the IR. But, but when, when Salvan, if he can show it two, three weeks in a row, because I think uh, Gaskin's not coming back for another two weeks. So if you put it out, it's going to be hard to put you on the bench. It's
1: going to be very hard. And from what I got from Gaskins, he, he was great, but he gave me that Philip Lindsay vibe. He gave me that. He's still that third down back. And then with mm-hmm. him getting injured after having so much work, it would kind of re- reinforce that fact that he's probably more uh, skill set for third downs in specific packages. So I just like the core that they're building. And, and for this week specifically, Drew Locke, to me, he looks so beat up.
0: I'm, for a done, guy with I'm that's done with already
1: him. been injured. He looked like, like, like the injuries are piling up. The offense is struggling to move the ball big time. I just I can't get behind it against this defense. I, I'm going Miami all the way here. To Me cover. too.
0: I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins in this one too. And when it comes to quickly on Denver, before we move on, uh, I was a big supporter of Drew Locke. I really was. Uh, the only thing that I saw on his tape coming out of college was footwork, literally footwork. Everything else was good. Yes, he doesn't have that cannon of an arm, but he's more than serviceable. Accuracy was his game. He was pinpoint. He could throw it to anybody on the field. I can't support it anymore until he shows me I'm out on the drew uh, drew lock wagon. I I'm completely out. And, and granted, I mean, I want to say it, it's a little bit of a, a talking point only because we haven't seen even a full 16 games yet from, from lock. So, I mean, I'm not completely out of it, but I'm not supportive whatsoever anymore. I just can't do it until I see proof on the field. Next game we have is the New York Jets taking on the LA Chargers. Can the Chargers catch a damn break, man? I love these guys, and they continue to be a problem. I'm at the point right now, they're like the Miami Dolphins. They have a core of players that are so talented, Injuries continue to derail them, but I'm not going to use that as the excuse. I have to say it's all coaching staff at this point. I think they really need to go after this season, reevaluate who's going to lead. Um, because to me, Anthony Lynn just isn't it. He can't. Uh, uh, he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. It's just he doesn't have that killer instinct to take this team to the next level. They really need a dynamic head coach like a Cliff Kingsbury, like a, a Kyle Shanahan. I mean, they're tough to find. I get it but they need somebody in that kind of realm of offensive genius because Keenan's getting older, man. And you've got to take advantage with Herbert. And, and, and I still think they win this game. The spread was nine and a half. I saw you took the, took the jets in this one for that, but I, I can't, I can't do it only with Joe Flacco. I, I can't, I just can't do it.
1: This is another one. I sat there and I was, I was going charges. Trust me. I they're it's hard not to go with them. They should win the game. They got all the they talent should. and I'm all over Herbert. I think he's a special talent. He looks great. Uh, I think he's going to be a great quarterback for years to come. This is not just a uh, one or two year type quarterback. He looks like one of those top generational type guys. So I'm, I'm high on them as well. Like you said, injuries have derailed them. The running game is Not what it used to be. Balazs is, is serviceable though. He looks yeah. all right in there. He's doing pretty good. Um, but I'm just going back to what I saw with the jets when they, when they came to play. Uh, when they came with the full roster, that was the first time you saw a healthy Mims, a healthy Crowder to to throw the ball to, right? They had all all the weapons were there. And they looked good. They looked decent in that matchup. They felt like they should have beat the Patriots. They felt like they kind of let one go there. So uh, my gut told me, you know what, if that offense can build off the, the little momentum that they got there, going against a team that feels like they should always win these games that they keep losing, just have a feeling they might let this let this big uh, spread get away from them. That's just the hope I'm going with here. It's it's a big hope, but the like what you're saying, the, st- the coaching staff, something's going on in that team. I told you last week the reason why it went against the Chargers was 100% based on coaching staff. I said yeah. they're going to find a way to lose another close game, right? right? And that's pretty much what happened. This week, I'm just saying, you know, this is another game. They should dominate. They should, they should show up and, and do what they're supposed to do, but I have a feeling the Jets are going to make it closer than it should be. I got the Chargers winning. It's not necessarily by double digits. Somewhere closer to that 7-3-4 type range.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And, I mean, what what swayed me the most is that this is being played in L.A., so Jets have far travel. Uh, East-West is usually more difficult than West-East. So, I mean – We'll see how that goes. Um, uh, and the only other thing that really concerns me is Herbert cut his hair. This was big on Twitter. Did you see this? He cut his hair and everyone was going fire on it. And I was saying maybe, you know, the power was in his, in his locks, man. If he cut him off, this could be a problem.
1: <laughs> I saw the picture. I thought it. I wasn't sure if it was a meme, if it was his brother or something. It looked like him, but it also didn't look like him. Yeah. It. it was interesting.
0: He looks like a 14-year-old boy now playing in the NFL. Hey, Green Bay and Indy, <laughs> man. Next game we have. This is a big one. I mean, the Packers kind of had a letdown. Still pulled out the victory last week against the Jaguars. Now you're going up against the cream of the crop defensively against the Colts in Indianapolis. Uh, Colts are favored in this one. I, I still don't know. I, I, I struggled. I went back, reviewed. I mean, I'm not an MVS guy. I mean, he is boomer bust every single week. He drops passes, then he'll catch 140 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, He's just, he's a complete enigma. I can't figure this man out whatsoever. Um, But I saw that uh, Devante was a a limited practice, but he came back today in play uh, practice. So he is uh, likely going to suit up, but he's clearly not hundred percent. Aaron Jones, uh, they look like they've been nursing him along since he came back. He hasn't had the same uh, uh, type of uh, volume and workload that we've seen and grown accustomed to. But I mean, the Colts have something right now. The Colts have something outside of Jonathan Taylor, I'm a I'm a little bit worried about that, but you have Naheem Hines. And and if they continue to use Naheem Hines in the fashion that they do, Green Bay is one of the worst teams in the entire NFL in defending running backs in the past game. Um, so it would baffle me if they move away from that this week.
1: Oh, the Colts definitely gonna be using Naheem Hines. Uh to touch on the running backs, so I'm I'm off the Jonathan Taylor thing. Like the schedule favors him, the the O-line favors him, where we drafted him favors him. You know, I'm sick of how everything favors him, but him. Like he's just not doing it. Yeah, and
0: and
1: and why why put up with it? Honestly, if you can see what Naheem Hines is doing, get him on the field. He can, He's running better. He's obviously head and shoulders above him in receiving.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: Get him on the field. And and Rivers Rivers has been using running backs in the receiving game for like it's since great. I was born. You know, like since the beginning of time. Yep. It, it, since he had his first kid, right? He's been throwing to these guys and it's, it's never stopped. And he's been killing it with them. Like it's, it's very productive. I really like what, what they have when they found Hines, and now they have found Pittman now that he's healthy. Mm. So they, they got something going on there and I'm, I'm a believer in what Pittman can do with healthy with rivers with the right scheme. And I've always told you Frank, Wright. He's 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 a great great offensive coordinator. He he knows how to attack your weak points. He knows how to use his strengths. He's not afraid to do the same thing over and over again if it works, which is something that I'm a, a strong believer in. This this feels like a game that uh, could really go either other way. I I went Green Bay on this one just because I feel like Aaron and them overall have a little bit more talent when healthy. I read that Lazard might come back, so they might have all three receivers for the first time here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a scary combination. It feels like strength against strength if you put Green Bay's offense against the Colts' defense, though. Um, usually when I have those two scenarios and the inclement weather has nothing to do with it, we're going to be indoors. I'm just going to go with the offense there. And uh, I think we're going to have a pretty close game where, where Green Bay finds a way to win this one. Yeah, I read something, though, that they've never
0: won uh,
1: in Indy. Is that true?
0: I, that's a good question. I've never seen that.
1: Let me double-check that one while we, uh, while we continue. But I, I think I heard that somewhere recently that uh, – the Rogers has never won in India. It could be Ooh. one of the places he hasn't won.
0: there's always a first man there's always <laughs> a first for everything and I think that exactly. this happens this week and i mean uh, again, we talk about michael pittman i've I've always supported Michael Pittman I think he's a fabulous talent i mean it just it it, it, it bodes to tell everybody how talented this rookie wide receiver class really was i mean uh it's like nothing we haven't seen before. And my comp for Pittman was a Plaxico Burris, a little bit of a slimmer Plaxico Burris. But the interesting aspect about Pittman in this offense is that they were using him in the slot. And that's something that Burris didn't do. Burris was a typical outside guy, but Pittman can do the jump ball. So if you actually integrate the fact that, he can play in the slot, and he is quicker than he, than he has burst. That's the, what I saw that was different about Michael Pittman. His burst off the line is very slow. But once he has the ball in his hand, that speed, and he gets a couple strides because he's a long strider, he gets going, and he's very quick. But once you get in that red zone, if they can integrate that jump ball or the back shoulder fade, oh, man, Philip Rivers is going to be laughing all day long with passes to Heinz and Pittman all day long. Ooh. Nice. Love it. Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings taking this one uh, is going to be interesting. I Vikings are seven and a half point favorites. I took the Vikings grudgingly only because we know this is Dallas. They are in shambles. Okay. Andy Dalton, the red rifle is coming off of COVID. He is coming off a concussion. They have been absolutely horrific. Zeke Elliott is checked out. I don't care what anybody says. I am not touching him just like Jonathan Taylor in fantasy football. I don't even care if he goes 30 points this week. I, I'm still sticking with it because he's, he's done. He, he, he says, this season's over. We're not doing nothing. I'm not playing hard. Minnesota is an interesting team in this game. I think we see – this is three weeks in a row, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Dalvin has been playing pretty well, uh, if not lights out, and, and that inhibits – Kirk Cousins to play football that much better. He is... He needs, I should say, the, the play-action pass to be that prolific passer. And when Cook is running, you can see a completely different quarterback in Kirk Cousins, and, and Justin Jefferson is balling. We saw Adam Thielen finally get back in the mix. I think this week it was a sneaky sleeper for Irv Smith. I think Irv Smith actually could have a very big day. They get on the, the five-yard line in the red zone. I think it's a couple play-action passes. I would not be shocked if we see another two-touchdown day from Mr. Irv Smith.
1: I like Irv. I think Irv's uh, just the only thing is, you know, he's also just a better better blocking run tight end than he is, so he's going to get a lot more playing time. But as a receiving tight end, Irv is a talent. He's definitely a sneaky talent. Uh, I'm definitely taking the Vikings here, and with not a whole lot of hesitation. I think they're going to manage the ball, manage the clock, run it down the throats of Dallas. Dallas just doesn't quite have it. And uh, I think the Vikings are serious. Like Their record is not indicative of how good that team can be. I think with the game plan they have, they, they everybody knows their role. And Dallas, to me, is not a team that can stop what Minnesota's uh bringing to the table on offense here consistently. So I, I would just roll them out and uh, not to be too afraid of that one. In terms of Dallas offense, you, you're hoping to see something out of Andy Dalton's return with this offense. Like you said, we have seen Zeke check out now for four or five weeks. Other than the first half and him – getting those mandatory carries if you can turn those into something it could be great if not you're going to probably see Pollard late in the third quarter and fourth uh, in this game I just can't see a whole lot there if yeah. I had to hang my hat on something that I was pulling off of tape I did see a little bit of chemistry between Annie Dalton and Amari Cooper hmm. um I do think based on his history Andy Dalton has pretty good chemistry with outside receivers he was him and AJ Green had what three or four thousand yard rece- uh, seasons together? Yes, They've so they had a lot of production together with outside receivers, and I think eh, you know we know Amari Cooper when he's engaged. He is still a top premier receiver in this league. So if you're looking for someone to kind of spark and and come out of that offense with some chemistry with with Dalton, that's kind of my sleeper pick. Is that you can you might have a big game here out of out of Amari, but overall, I'm just really scared about that offense. It's tough. Man. It's tough with the
0: Cowboys. I mean, I was kind of – I put CeeDee Lamb as my big day potential player. I mean, I can't hate the Cooper evaluation. I mean, it is what it is. It's a crapshoot right now. It's hard to understand and dissect who he's going to go to, if he's going to look sharp. Andy Dalton, I'm speaking of. And it's, it's just such a tough one. I think Dalvin Cook has another monster showing seven and a half points on the ground is not difficult in my eyes whatsoever. I'm rolling Vikings as well. Sunday night, we have Kansas city, the rematch, Kansas city and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders playing in Vegas, Kansas city dropped this one. I believe what was it? Week four. The Raiders came out to play. They used Henry rugs to uh, perfection on that deep shot. I think, yeah. you know, history is going to repeat itself a little bit. I think that's what – not to say that Kansas City is going to lose, but I think that's exactly how the Raiders are going to have to attack to win this game. They built this team, the, uh, the Vegas Raiders did, uh, John Gruden and uh, Mike Mayock. They built this team to compete against the Chiefs. They will continue to do that because they understand that if they can't beat Kansas City – they're not winning this division. And I think this is what we're seeing. This is the the beginning stages of this build in in Vegas. Rugs to me, has to be integrated more in this offense week to week. I I get why they're only using him stretching the field, but to me it's a big mistake because he can play intermediate, he can make contested catches, use him in the screen game, get the ball in his hand. This is one thing that frustrates me the most about clubs that – that draft or or sign free agents that are supremely speedy and talented this isn 't john ross we 're talking about Henry Ruggs is a legit baller when you get him the ball in his hands i 'm frustrated with that from that perspective when it comes to Derek Carr. I like the guy as a quarterback just can 't trust him as a fantasy quarterback that 's kind of where I see the difference. I think eventually they will upgrade at the position because I mean, you see, he is what he is. He leads you to a certain point, and then you can't do anything after that. But when it comes to the Chiefs, I mean, they're coming off the bye. I'm thinking this is CEH day. I think Lev takes another back seat. We haven't seen uh, Edwards Hilaire really do much outside of – well, he's been consistent. We haven't seen him have the blow-up game, I should say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think that the Chiefs, they come out the bye, and they just roll. I'm taking the Chiefs in this one uh, with some heavy competition from the Raiders.
1: Yeah, the way I see it is uh, I like the Raiders. I've liked them all year. I've known that. I've, I thought they were kind of under the radar, under underappreciated team. I've always been a big uh, supporter of Derek Carr, kind of underappreciated. But I've been sitting on them for too long in terms of the Henry Ruggs thing and waiting. They, they unleashed it against Kansas City, but it was still him catching that one deep throw. It wasn't like yep. they unleashed a plethora of packages. I've, I've looked at his tape. I've looked at the targets. They're still not there. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter. You can't say it's game strip because there's been several games and every game script, he's not That's involved. Insane. You can't say it's not opportunity because the, the only other person that was supposed to really take his opportunity away was that uh, Brian Edwards kid who's been mm-hmm. gone, completely gone. Yep. So I don't understand it other than they just don't either know how to use him or don't want to use him, which is weird when you went out of your way to draft him so high – you had all this coach talk about how he's going to be so dynamically integrated into this offense, and there's been absolutely nothing like nothing. I've seen way more of a focus on Nelson Aguilar's skill set and getting mm-hmm. him the ball certain specific, uh, you know, plays where he can shine than, than bringing this kid along. So uh, I'm kind of off him in terms of what he can do. It's still going to be like a three to four target cap, I think, for the rest of the season until they completely reevaluate what they're doing on offense. So with that said, I think the team is gonna consistently move the ball, run the ball well, but overall, you gotta go Kansas City. They're coming off the bye. They lost this team. Andy Reid doesn't come off the bye very uh, typical. He comes his, off the his if record's
0: if, if, crazy off the buy. If you box. don't
1: know what Andy Reid does off the bye, it ain't pro-typical. It ain't atypical. He's coming off the bye and he's coming to kill you. Yep. I don't want to be in the way of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. We've talked about this you and me before. I said Patrick Holmes is on that that tour for the MVP here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of getting missed. You know, we we're all everybody's jumping on Russ. We're jumping on Josh Early. We're jumping Tyler. Tyler. I think Pat's going to say, "Hey, hey, I throw in one pick and twenty five touchdowns. You guys better better wake up. You're going to see him come out this week. I, I can see him throwing four or five touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I can see it too. I mean, off the bye, Andy Reid. Like he's like a hundred and thousand to nothing off the bye, like uh, exaggeration, obviously, mm-hmm. but he is, he is unbeatable off the bye week. His I'm gonna his, text his, you
1: when you see that, uh, your favorite touchdown that little shovel pass. The one oh that you think <laughs> I'm gonna text you when you see a lead, you're gonna get one. You know you're going to oh, you get know one, you're getting, you'll probably get two.
0: But see, that's why he's lower on my MVP list, because he's thrown like eight of those already this season. Oh, it's coming. It's coming this week. <laughs> Monday Night Football, we have the LA Rams taking travel to Tampa Bay to face Ta- uh, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They, they're looking better. They're looking a lot better. Rojo to me, I mean, what the hell did we just witness? 98-yard run from Rojo. He looked good. He looked fast. He To me, it's funny. I was on the Leonard Fournette train, but I think they really want this Rojo thing to work in Tampa Bay. Arians wants to prove it. Rojo had that mistake. I believe he fumbled the ball again, and, and Arians stuck with him, and, and he was rewarded for it. So, I mean, kudos to that because you give a young guy confidence, and this is what he can do. Tom Brady and this wide receiving core still continues to be a little bit inefficient camaraderie. I think is the biggest thing chemistry building is going to continue to be this thing for the entire season. Antonio Brown looked better though. He looked a little bit more comfortable. Um, um, But I mean, with the Rams, I, I, I really don't see how I can say Jared Goff is going to do much against this defense. I am so terrified of Jared Goff throwing the football And now with this kind of rotating door of running backs that you're trying to implement with Cam Akers, you you sprinkle in some Brown, and then Henderson seems to be the volume guy. But, I mean, when you see Cooper Cup and Robert Woods having off years because your quarterback can't get the ball to them, it fears me in this one. Four and a half points for the Bucs.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. Are you going Tampa or are you going L.A. on this one?
0: I think I really? went Tampa on this one, didn't I? Did I I'd have to check that can't out. I can't
1: remember. I think I, I, I know I went L.A. I went L.A. on this one. Oh, no, I think I did too. Um, I just – man, this one's tough. I do like what Tampa's been doing. They have turned things around. They haven't done what I expect necessarily just because I feel like Chris Godwin isn't being used whatsoever. They, there's not really a role predominantly for him. Um, that you expected him to have this year, Gronk is 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 back to being what they what they went out and signed him for. And then now they got uh, our guy Ab over there. He's doing his thing. They look like they're trying to get him integrated. But the other two aces that they they came into the season with are still kind of. You're looking at them like, well, what's your role, right? Godwin's is still like I said, it's 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 up in the air. And Mike Evans has been relegated to just a red zone target, right? So it's it's different. It's still. It looks like they, they haven't hit on all cylinders. There isn't that feeling there. But the run game is, like we said earlier, it's saving them. And it's getting better every week with Rojo hitting those big runs now, too. They're, they're, they're a formidable team. They're a scary team with a very good defense, right? Um, and then on the flip side, going to the Rams, oh, like, Goff, what's yeah. going on? And everything looks so good outside of you getting the ball to these receivers and getting that yeah. flow going again. Mm-hmm. Maybe, the, maybe the tape's out on just this, this the traditional handoff and then rollout stretch handoff, rollout. We've been seeing that over and over again from the rounds. Maybe they just got to sprinkle in some more screens, it's something else. I don't know. I see Reynolds for traditional um, sets where they're on third and long. It yep. seems to be just Josh Reynolds or, or nothing. They don't That's seem right. to go out and beat you with those routes with the other uh, receivers when they have those type of scenarios. So I feel like there's something that McVay is going to have to unfold in this game to, to spark a play here and then to get a chunk play, to get that big touchdown. Because with with what they're doing now, Tampa Bay is going to settle in with that strong front, and it's going to make it tough for them. But overall, I I like what the Rams are doing as an entire team, right? We got Jalen Ramsey. He's locking people down. He's locking people right down. You saw he did to DK. So you can take whoever receiver he's deciding to go up. It's going to be Antonio. It's going to be Brown. Whoever it is, it's going to be Antonio or Evans. He's probably going to take them right out of the game for – whoever he's watching and Aaron Donald, he's going to be a problem, but right? he's going to have to get rid of that ball real quick. Cause you know, Aaron Donald's coming, right? He's going to, especially when he sees Tom, Aaron gets up for these kind of games against the, the big quarterbacks. He, he's a guy that knows who's on the other end and wants to make his name known to be the most formable defender in the league. So if you don't know Aaron, he's going to be showing up in this game. I guarantee you that. Uh, overall, just because of the spread though, I went with, I went with LA cause I think it's going to be one of those three point games.
0: Yeah. And I, and I just checked and I, I took the Rams plus four as well. And, and that's where I went was because of the defense. So for me, the difference is always has been, we've seen it already before when Tom Brady can't get time in the pocket, he is going to struggle somewhat. And with Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, just rushing like crazy. And then you got Jalen basically taking away half the field. That's where I think I, I got the points from. And, and it still fears me half to death with this pass game. I mean, I love the I commitment to the uh, to the commitment to the run, but I mean, Jared Goff right now looks like a, a player before Sean McVay, the the player that we thought was gonna bust, being the the first overall pick in the draft. McVay isn't helping the cause either. You hit that right on the head. I mean, he's he needs to get more creative. He is an offensive mastermind genius. But he definitely needs to get out of his own way and, and set something else up to get Woods and Cup more involved. I mean, Higby—we haven't heard him, uh, a peep from him in like eight weeks. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. what, are, what are we doing with the tight end position now? So, get a little bit more creative, and, and yeah, I could see the three-point game swing in this one easily as well. Defensive yeah,
1: battle, I think. I think we're getting ready for a defensive battle with that. Game. I, I more could than see people it. Expect, yeah.
0: I could see that. I could see that. But I'm excited, man. This is week 11. That's it, man.
1: Week 11, you know. We'll see what happens. God bless. It's been been a great season. It's been fun.
0: It's been fun. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of EJ, until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out.
1: One love.